Hey, welcome to Adventures in Angular, the podcast where we keep you updated on all things Angular related. This show is produced by two companies, Top and Devs and Envoy. Top and Devs is where we create top and devs who get top end pay and recognition while working on interesting problems and making meaningful community contributions. And Envoy, which offers remote design and web development services with specialization in Angular for companies that truly care about quality. In today's episode, we'll talk about Angular Signals versus RxJS. Uh, with us are GDE and expert panelist Armin Vardanian. Hey, everyone. Nice to be back for another episode. And our also Angular expert, Subret Mishra. Hello, everyone. I am Lucas Paganini. I'm the CEO of Unvoid and your host in the podcast. So let's get started. Armin, you wanted to, to start this discussion. Do you think there's a particular um, way in which you think it would be more productive for us to, to start? Uh, do you think we should just talk about the benefits of signals or just skip that and just go directly to how to uh, do interop with them or what do you think would be best? So I guess if we are talking about signals versus observables or RxJS in general, we first need to understand a couple of things. So let's talk about what signals are and what observables are. Of course, we kind of know everyone who has touched the subject has an idea of what is going on. But a deeper understanding of it is that we're not always using, for example, RxJS uh, correctly. And I'm saying correctly for the lack of a better word. It's not like we're using it in a wrong way. But rather than uh, it is not used in the primary way that it is intended. So for observables, which we are more familiar with, we talk about streams. So a stream is kind of like events. Okay, so a good example of a stream is like when we create an observable using the from event function. And for example, say, let's listen to all the click events on the document, right? So this is a stream. Uh, and that stream, uh, you can get some notifications like, oh, you know, click happened there, there click happened somewhere else. Um, what is important about an observable, and this is true about any observable, is that it doesn't have any state. It's not for managing state, really. Um, it's just a thing that keeps you notifying about stuff. But you don't get to keep that stuff in the sense that like, you cannot ask the observable, like, oh, what was the last click? Or like, what was the click before that? Right? You cannot do that. Um, and even if we treat it as a state, as happens a lot, like, for example, if we... Uh, make a search query, right? Uh, and we use some operators like debounce time, whatever, to make an HTTP call, switch map, blah, 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 typical scenario. Uh, even in this case, uh, we're treating it like a state. Oh, you know, there is a search term, right? The user entered something and they're waiting for a result. But RHS doesn't know about it. If we create it as a simple observable, uh, it will just you know, emit an event, but you, you need to kind of subscribe to it or use a side effect or whatever uh, other scenario so that you can have this 
stayed kept somewhere for future reuse. Like uh, it is a very very popular and bad case, bad practice scenario where people will write a method and then inside it, oh, they subscribe to something to get the value, or they subscribed in uh, ng on init, for example, and kept the value in some property on a class to reuse somewhere else. Uh, because async pipe doesn't solve that problem. We can put an RxJS value in the async pipe in a template. No need to subscribe, unsubscribe. Async pipe will do that. But if we need that data somewhere else in the component, in the TypeScript file, in the class of the component, then we kind of need to do some workarounds. Or we need to use a behavior subject. So behavior subject is something that is closer to a signal the way of an over-engineered to be considered like an equal to a signal. But behavior subject, it does, you know, store the last value that we have. There's also replace subject where we can store several values and so on. So behavior subject is kind of what we're looking for uh, in that case. But it still uh, is too complex to be treated as just a simple primitive solution to the problem that you want. Signals, on the other hand, they are not events. So people really need to stop treating them like observables, but simpler. That's that's not the case. They're not observables. Uh, one the main difference from the top of my head, they're always synchronous. Observables can be synchronous. Like if you create an observable of a simple array, it will be synchronous. It will execute the supply to it. The functions will execute immediately. And that's completely fine. That's what we would expect. But signals can also be, uh, sorry, observables can also be asynchronous, like the click observable. Also, uh, observables have a concept of uh, being complete. So at some point, maybe you have unsubscribed from something, or you created an observable from a promise, and then a promise resolves. Uh, observable is done. Uh, also, observables have internal errors. So if somewhere down the pipe you get an error, then the observable is killed. But it could probably not have not fulfilled whatever purpose for which we have created it, right? Signals, on the other hand, are way, way simpler in that scenario. Signals are actually values that we can read at any time. We need to call it like a function and we'll get the value whatever is inside it. We can change its value using its methods, uh, and we can create new signals from it. That's where the interesting part comes in. So the, the part where we create new uh, signals is where we get to enjoy this reactivity. If you create a computed signal, then it will update every time the signals it uses update, right? Like if I create two signals A, B, and then do a sum, compute it, return A plus B, uh, anytime A or B changes, this sum signal will also change. And uh, it, the real reactivity stuff we get to see uh, in the template where we can just call the signals and anytime they're updated, this part of the view will be re-rendered. But right now it's not exactly like that when we get signal based components, it will be more fine-grained uh, reactivity and change detection. But, you know, you get the, the idea. So signals were kind of born as a response to people who didn't like having too much RxJS in Angular. 
because there were lots of reactive tasks that were not re related to any asynchronous stuff, but you still needed to handle it using uh, RxJS. For example, if you take lots of uh, existing uh, state management solutions, NGRX, right, uses observable because it makes sense. It, you don't just want to store the data. You want also to notify everyone, uh, every component that data has changed. But in this case, the data change isn't really an event in the sense that RxJS events are. It's not a click. It's not something that just happened. Is the state that got changed, and we do not really care how it changed. So we don't need to treat it like an event. We can just treat it as a signal, right, that something has changed and we need to do something. Uh, on the surface, it looks like the same. But the difference, when we understand this difference, uh, it helps us better understand when to use which. Because right now, lots of people are going around, oh, should we just dump uh, RGS? Should we only use signals? And the answer to that is no, 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 no. You can't get rid of RxJS in all scenarios. There are things inside Angular that will forever be tied to RxJS, like HTTP client. There is zero sense in making a uh, HTTP client call to be a signal because signals are synchronous and you are dealing with an asynchronous HTTP call. It doesn't have a value initially. So what happens if you read the signal before the promise is resolved? That is a business logic question. It depends on your implementation. The library cannot give you an answer to this. So it makes more sense to have an observable there. Okay, plant returns an observable. If you want to make it a signal anyway, okay, go on. There is an interoperability package. You can do that. That that the library itself, that the client itself will not use signals for that because it won't make any sense, right? I was, so yeah, this is kind of the platform on which all the discussion is going on about the stuff. Yeah. Um, I was having a, a recent conversation with, with some coworkers and I was trying to give them a mental model of when to use signals versus RxJS. So the way that I went about it and it, it clicked for them, so maybe that, that might help some other uh, developers that might be listening to this is um, I basically said that everything that you can do with Angular Signals, you can do with RxJS. Doesn't mean that it was made to, to be used that way, but you can. Like everything that you do with Angular Signals, you can do with RxJS. And there are things that you simply cannot do with Angular Signals, such as dealing with a lot of asynchronous activities. So, for example, if you want to do a debounce before you make a request and you want to declaratively uh, say that you're going to retry this request up to three times, then you should still stick to RxJS because it was made for that. But if you have a particular value that depends on another value, and so you want the reactive um, benefits, you want the reactivity, but you're not really dealing with a particular aspect that is asynchronous, then Angular Signals would be the best, um, the best choice there. Doesn't mean that you can't use RxJS, but it would make your code simpler if you simply used Angular Signals. So that was my way of trying to, to explain it to them. 
uh, that's of course a good observation. Uh, signals are very uh, quotation marks poor compared to observables. Of course, not in the sense of quality, but rather functionality. Yeah. Like you can't even filter values of the signals. Okay, um, you need if you do a computed signal, you need to return something from it, right? Uh, so the thing about it is, uh, I have these rules of thumb. Like, when should you teach? In what scenarios should you uh, take away RGS for the signal? If you have a rule of thumb number one, if you have a behavior subject, like 100%, you can replace it with a signal. You didn't use that behavior subject for some natural event that occurs in your UI. Then it would be just a simple observable. You created a behavior subject because you needed the value. Just drop a signal in instead. Everything will work, work the same. Unless you are doing some crazy async stuff, which again, 99% of scenarios, people don't do that with behavior subject. They do it with observables, like from an event, from an async thing. Usually, most probable scenario is you are using behavior subject for some uh, logic that happens somewhere and you just need the value stored. So go on, replace it with a signal. So next rule of thumb, if you see something like whatever observable dot subscribe uh, and this property equals the value from observable, something like that, just drop it, just use a signal, use set on the signal. And if you are deriving whatever from that observable, use computed. If you're using the tab uh, operator, replace it with an effect. Also, please consider maybe you don't need that side effect. Usually you don't need to use effect a lot. Like it's it's not good to use effect a lot. Like it really, really, really needs to be a side effect, like writing something to local storage. Yeah, that, that makes sense as a side effect. But um, in most cases, you don't really need that. And finally, if you have something that is uh, related to several components that is coming from somewhere else, then you probably need RxJS there. You don't need a signal there, uh, especially if you're trying to put it in a service. So here's an interesting thing, uh, and I really want to talk about it. So uh, uh, on Twitter, it became more popular to use uh, the method of connection between signals and observables a third way other than uh, using two signal or two observable, right? Mm -hmm. So there are these functions in the RGS interop yeah. package where you can convert a, an observable to signal. And it makes perfect sense. It's a very good function. Uh, what it does, it will uh, take an observable, it will take an initial value because an observable can be like uh, async and not have a value yet. So you need to provide like initial value, whatever. Okay. Uh, and it will convert it to a signal. And it makes perfect sense. It will also unsubscribe automatically from that observable, right? Create a signal from whatever you used it in template component got destroyed. So this signal and Subsequently, its subscription to that observable are destroyed. So it's, so it's really, really cool. The problem with it comes when you try to re-export stuff from services uh, using this method. Uh, imagine you have an observable in a service, like something some from a socket or whatever. Uh, and you think, yeah, whatever, I can export it as a signal, right? I don't need, well, I think I don't need the observable in the component, right? So if you have, for example, WebSocket created from RxJS and you exported the data from it as a signal, 
and this is the only way the components access it, right? Now it means that if your component got destroyed, the substitution will still be there. Like the observable will continue to live because it's, it's from a signal, the source of mm. this observable, the context was the service. The service is not destroyed, only the component is destroyed. So now you have no way of like closing the socket because you don't have the observable. The observable got stuck in the service. You only have the signal. And signals, again, as I said, they have no, they don't even not have a mechanism for completion. They don't even have the idea of being complete. Like signal is a volume. What do you mean signal is complete? There is no such thing. So either you use uh, RxJS directly in the sense that whatever you, you use RxJS in services and then in the components you can do two signal and then unsubscribe digit. Uh, which is perfectly okay. I mean, between these two approaches, there is uh, like zero quality difference. You can use both approaches, whichever your team prefers. I even personally don't have a preference. Like it, it will depend on what I try to implement. Or there is this cool function called connect, and it's not really a function in Angular. It's a function that people write. They call it connect because it makes sense. Uh, and what it does is it will take an observable, it will take a signal and will connect them. So anytime you use the signal, uh, this, observ- uh, this observable will trigger its changes. So it's sort of like to signal, but you get to keep the observable uh, like separate from it. It will be an effect in the other context. So in your component, you will call, you know, connect, right? And it will connect your signals to the outer world. And now on the destruction of your component, this context will be destroyed and this subscription will be destroyed, right? And that is a really interesting way of doing things. Like if you have your own state management solution, which was a project, like imagine if you have a project that has been using subject in a service for, I don't know, a decade, there's zero sense for you to go to NGRX or whatever, your project is already huge. Uh, but it makes sense to use signals instead of that. So you can just drop that connect method uh, somewhere in your code base, maybe even in the services that you are using to manage state and just connect it and use signals in your component. And uh, you have now zero problems with uh, uh, having your uh, subscriptions destroyed or whatever. So there's lots of caveats, right? This is the biggest one we have still discovered. Uh, in general, I would say a rule of thumb for me, I'm not saying this is a super best practice, but for me to be careful, anything that is shared between components is absorbable from it because it continues to live on and it depends on other stuff which can be async also. Uh, anything that lives in the component that is not async by nature, like, yeah, yeah if I'm doing a from event or whatever, that, that will be an observable for me. But anything else, a local state, yeah, everything should be a signal. But that's a rule of thumb for me. It's not a best practice. Uh, you may find uh, other situations where you might think, oh, whatever, in this case, I think it's better to use an observable or vice versa. But if you follow this rule of thumb, it will save you lots of headaches. Okay. If you think you need to get more experience until you try more crazy stuff, just in my opinion, follow yeah, the I have also in similar most cases. Uh, <laughs> terms like like I think you both as as you both have already explained. So mostly, 
I recently made a video on on this thing like two signal and two observable. So in that, what I observed is like while while uh, develop doing the video, one thing is for a starter project means uh, if someone is starting up, they mostly uh, like mess up with unsubscribing the observable and and then slowly the projects uh, goes uh, build a big project then they have memory leaks and all as much as possible and if it is not possible to do with signal then use the observable and convert that to signal or or vice versa then if you have that mindset then it might be like in future when, when your project grows you'll have less memory leaks and all because i think uh, if you go a ideal scenario yeah uh, everyone say you should not unsubscribe and you should always use async pipe and everything but that's not the always happen for all the projects we have projects like uh, with messy switch map messy <laughs> everything so um yeah but there is also possibilities to introduce yeah, memory leaks yeah. through other mm -hmm. combining operators, even with the async pipe. You can do that. Yeah. So uh, async pipe is not a silver bullet. Signals are. Yeah, because it is bind with the component. There is uh, life cycle zero and, yeah. things you need to do with signals. Signaling. Yeah, yeah, it uses the component context. Component is gone. So the signal. I mean, signals don't even have uh, one of the like beautiful thing about signals is that it's uh, it's subscription again for the lack of a better word mechanism is like the reverse of observables. So observables they will mm -hmm. sort of hold an array of references to subscribers, right? So unless you unsubscribe, it, it lives somewhere. Someone is referencing, and you got this over memory leak. So essentially. Uh, it is even obvious when you do like oh, functions like combine latest and say, oh, yeah, this, 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 I'm subscribing to them. Signals are reversed. Uh, when you read a signal, you call it like a function. You get the value of it always, but it also does a bunch of other stuff. Like it figures out if it is being called in a callback of a computed function, for example. If it's in its callback, it will itself keep that uh, reference to the outer context. So it's in reverse. It mm -hmm. knows that the other uh, signal needs it. Okay, uh, and that is how uh, yeah. it keeps. That is why you don't need to unsubscribe from it because it's the reverse. If the computed thing is gone, then everyone mm -hmm. that it's used it will also be done in, in that sense right it's like having a ref count on an observable and it's a hot observable unless you have like one subscription and when the other subscription is gonna yeah i think die. Uh, to that, just that, to that simplify more or less uh, the same if i'll just try to right. rephrase it so in observable we like the sub the producer doesn't know like how many people are subscribing it just emit the data but in case of signal the producer knows that okay these things are subscribed and Again, lack of better word, like subscribe and when there is some change, the producer will change. In the pro pro producer, I'm saying about the computed or effects. So they know which are signals are they are using and they will compute it accordingly, right? That's what you mean. Uh, yeah, more or less, more or less like that. It's like 
the computed function itself does not mm-hmm. say, oh, I have this as uh, something I need to keep. Yeah. It's the other way. They, they got read. They know where they are read. So they keep it in them. And then this signal, the, the simple signal that we have declared, it will die with the component and will also take with us all this. Exactly. That, that comes to the point, like if you're declaring a signal in a, in a uh, service, which is injected in root level, so it will be stay active throughout your application. Discuss, yeah. Yeah, that, that's what we talked about. But that's the same. But for signals, again, uh, it's not a big problem. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. We have this mm-hmm. object that has a value that we can read. It can live on. Uh, anyway, uh, like, if we have an observable, it will be the same case. Um, it will live on. But uh, we can say yeah. that we have unsubscribed. But in the case of signal, what is there to unsubscribe? Right. But yeah, I think uh, as you as you discussed from the beginning that we can't uh, leave RxJS. Like I think what Lucas also say, if you have the bounce time and all, I think those things we are still going to lay use from from like a form object at the bounce time at uh, retries and everything, and then convert the whole thing to signal by using to signal or or connect you know, whichever is preferable. Then use that value directly so you don't now you need not need to unsubscribe with them by using take until operator and all those things is gone also yeah yeah correct uh, and also another thing about uh, signals mm-hmm. is that they like uh, can unwrap values of other signals so like a promise right mm-hmm. so a promise of a promise of x is just a promise of x right that's how we do like dot then, dot then, chains, and so on. And uh, observables are not like that. Like, we don't un- they don't unwrap automatically. That's why we have, like, casting operators, like switch map and stuff, because we have observables of observables, higher-order observables. And observable mm-hmm. of observable X is observable of observable of X. It not, doesn't get unwrapped. We need to put the logic. And it makes sense because it's async, so they need to define a strategy, like if you have uh, this many emissions, which one we should take? Should we take starting from the first emission or the last emission or completion or whatever? There are lots of scenarios. It doesn't make sense for observables to unwrap. But signals, they do unwrap. And when we convert an observable to signal, it also will unwrap. So a very good example of this is imagine you have uh, a signal uh, for a uh, search query, right? And uh, it is bound to some input, so user input, so the signal gets updated. What I want is when user enters new data based on this query uh, signal, I want to make an HTTP call and, uh, I don't know, display the result, right? This is a very, very popular scenario. So what people, and I even I personally, at first, I thought, yeah, well, this is the case for using an effect, right? I can, I should write effect. When the signal change, blah, 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 set another signal, I don't know, in whatever way. But see, you don't need to do that. You can write a computed signal, which will make an HTTP call and pass the query signal to it, right? Uh, then you do two signal on this result, which yeah. is an observable you're using HTTP client. And I just return that value. You just say to signal this. And this will be a signal 
of that other value. For example, I don't know, we're waiting for a, an array. We can put the initial uh, value as an array. And uh, uh, Angular would un unwrap it in, in, in a template and whatever we call it, it will unwrap it. So we will just get the value. So just with one line of code, you have done a pretty kind of hard, complex scenario. Uh, if you want to go mm. further, you can uh, use an observable with debounce time and so on, blah, blah, blah. And so you now have two observables, but they work with each other for a signal. And again, it will be just two lines of code. You don't have thread. And this is the whole reactivity thing. And it's really, really awesome compared to any other solution to this case. Like, you literally declaratively describe what each thing is. You don't describe any behavior and you don't issue like any commands on those signals. Yeah, I think whatever. Uh, I have one question regarding the connect function versus the two signal. Um, I immediately thought of a very naive way of coding this connect function, and I wonder if there would be any issue with it. Like, why can't we, for example, just um, store the observable in, in a variable, and then in the next line, you call um, to signal, and then you store the signal. Then you have references to the observable and to the signal. Would that be a valid approach to kind of a connect function? Or is there anything that is done inside the two signal function that actually mutates the observable and makes my initial reference unusable for some reason? Um, I think if we come from the RxJS side, I mean, if you do it with the signal, uh, signal first approach, you would write an effect. Mm -hmm. You would also put allow signal writes true. It will be kind of complicated, but if we come from an observable, we can just say, you know, I don't know, source.pipe, uh, take until destroyed, and, uh, you know, tap signal.set, whatever value, and that would be it. So uh, we don't even need to write an unsubscription because we already put take until destroyed. So it's going to be like two lines of code. Any other approach you don't need? The ref, the connect function already gets the reference to an observable. It takes an observable and you know, connects them. So you already have the reference to the observable. You don't need any other way of accessing it. It's still there. You can just call it and say unsubscribe, for example. And the signal will just live on with the final completed value of the observable that it received. That's the whole idea of it. It's like, it's probably very similar to how to signal, for example, is implemented, although it has a bunch of other checks and stuff like initial value, blah, blah, blah. You don't need it because you already have a live signal. It's not a computed signal derived from an observable. It's a signal that you have just connected. You can just call set on that signal if you like in some sense. Uh, or, or if you are very pedantic about people don't need to be able to mutate this signal because in the end of the day it's kind of computed from an observable, then you can just rather compute it and export that computed signal. The thing is you just don't lose the observable. The observable is there. It's not it's not re-exported. 
you can connect disconnect using your component in, in, in the constructor called connect that's it to unsubscribe then automatically gotcha. you will not have a problem gotcha. i have another related question not exactly about the conversion but about how um is everyone handling the pending state like the the between the moment where the component loads and you're waiting for the data to come in to actually show it, uh, you need to somehow be aware that you're in this loading or pending state and show that in the UI somehow. There are different ways uh-huh. to do that. I, in the past, implemented something called weight groups, which it, it was a very simple counter. And then if the count was bigger than zero, then it was loading something. And if it was zero, then it finished loading. And that um, I created like decorators, use that in methods that like this method can only run when this weight group is ready so that I would it would be easier to block methods while it's in a pending state. But I know that every developer handles that in a different way. Some developers simply create a, um, a property called loading and set that to true or false. So, yeah, <laughs> how do you do that? So, interesting you would say that because uh, uh, isn't every solution essentially creating a property called loading, but in a different place? So, there are different approaches to this. Like, in NGRX, what I used to do is I have data and I have an object called loading that has all the same properties as the entire state, but showing if it's loading or not. And also error that also shows this error, that, that error. Um, and with latest NGRX things like create feature and stuff, it will just create a big selector that you can select anything from there. That's perfectly okay. Now there is also select signal in NGRX. You can select the state and the signal and just do whatever with it. Uh, if we're talking plain Angular, no state management. When we say loading, we mean there is an async thing going on. So there is an observable. So why not, if you create an observable, like an HTTP client called like HTTP.get, whatever, uh, then when you make it to signal, you can put initial state. I mean, you need to put initial value. The initial value can be, I don't know, status loading or something. You can make all the HTTP calls to be like this wrapped values like load status, loading status, I don't know, pending status, error status, success, and so on. Uh, and just treat every HTTP request like that. Um, the templates might be, I don't know, not very great because you would do like this uh, value dot loading and so on and such. But, you know, it's again, it's even, I would say, a matter of taste. I don't like this wrap thing. So I use, uh, I would select the whole slice from NGRX. So I'm using NGRX. I would say, I don't know, view model dot loading dot whatever. NG if else show this. Well, in the future, we will write just if <laughs> whatever. Um, uh, so yeah, I guess with with two two signal will kind of force your hand. You will need to come with come up with a solution to that because it will say uh, what okay it's an observable and uh, what's the initial value what you, what the user is gonna see if you just call it a template for example. So uh, this is actually good because it will uh, result in more 
homogeneous code base in this scenario because lots of people just okay I want to convert this to signal when I convert to signal okay we'll put some loading boolean or whatever there and that will become the sort of de facto standard of what people do in such scenarios again only if you're using plain angular with state management libraries who knows whatever solution you come up with again there are different approaches there are people who kind of sort of implement state machines inside the state management libraries. And it's also a valid thing, but it's complex. You need a team with a great understanding of this particular data structure, right? So, highly depends. But see, this scenario also depends on the business logic. Like, if you want to always just show some loader when HTTP call is going on, sure. Great solution. Uh, an interceptor knows if there's a request, it will put something in the state management and say, you know, show this global loader. But uh, if you're just loading some piece of UI and you want to block this piece and there is a spinner going on, not the same. So you can do anything with interceptors for that, right? Uh, instead, again, uh, if you wait to show something uh, in what I would do uh, if if I were in charge of having the UX in my hands, uh, what I do, I would use resolvers and I will handle anything in the resolver like make the HTTP call from the result as a component. Uh, and the interceptor will just show, uh, sorry, not the interceptor. If the user tries to navigate somewhere, I will just show the loading anyway because they are doing a navigation. So if I'm using a resolver, in that case, it makes sense because if I clicked somewhere, it needs to load this data before showing. So now I'm showing the spinner or whatever on the top of the page. I ah, yeah, okay, now it's loaded. Uh, from UX perspective, perspective makes sense. It doesn't make sense if we are doing optimistic updates. If we, for example, have the part of the state already loaded, like we're in the list page and we have some of the items that we need on the details page. So Oh, maybe we want to navigate to the uh, details page and uh, show part of the data and loaders and then all the data. So it's more, more of a smooth experience and transition for the user. Again, entirely depends on what we want to achieve. We want animations, we don't want animations. Um, I guess if resolvers are not limited to sending that one value, it would make sense. Like if we if we could give them an observable of stuff and initially just say loading, then uh, in a component we would just need to create an input because now inputs can be bound to resolve data, right? Uh, and and just get the data. If it's loading, show whatever we need to show in this component. If it's not, then well, cool, just show the data. But it's a real limitation that right now I don't think uh, we can uh, overcome in a specific official way we need to see what we really need to show in the UI and just implement that. I don't know if I have any other specific questions regarding RxJS versus signals, um, but I do wonder if that's just because I've read so many articles about that that nothing pops to my mind. Maybe there's just somebody listening and thinking, ask, ask that question, ask that question, but I just, <laughs> nothing coming up. I think we will have Plenty of time covering all this thing because again, the scenario I mentioned today, we talked mostly about the connect function and what problem it solved. 
Yeah. I think it's the first kind of issue we discovered that, oh, you know, in this case, we might run into something like this. So here's the solution. There will be more. Production news. Trust me. Right now, actually, the best advice is don't use signals on uh, production code bases. So, yeah. Uh, I can imagine when uh, signals go into production and really heavy enterprise applications implement really crazy requirements, uh, people are going to find more issues. When people start, uh, we mentioned the WebSocket example, and people start working with that, there will be issues. There will be lots and lots of articles saying, oh, how do you do this? How do you do that? Right now, I have like a million ideas of what bad cases may arise from this. And we need to be prepared for that. So today we discussed several of them. Main takeaway, I think, should be there is no fight between RGS signals. You need to make them interoperate. That's why we have all these functions and approaches. And we also talked about rules of thumbs. So maybe in general, if we follow those rules, 95% of issues will go away. And then we will be left with 5% real, real issues. <laughs> yeah, but there's also all the limitations of it. Like, for example, the fact that, um, I, okay, maybe that's not a specific limitation, but it's uh, an improvement that hasn't been done yet. I think the one of the strongest selling points for signals is the fine-grained uh, change detection, which we don't really have currently. So Don't you? I mean... I think I think you do. Yeah, I think you do have it right now. You can. Uh, well, there are no signal-based components, yep. so it's not the, the most mm -hmm. fine-grained. But you can just put uh, your uh, components to change the patient strategy on push all of right. them, and use signals and ditch on JS. You could do that like five versions ago with RHS. You could use async files. You can make everything an observable. It wasn't very maintainable. Mm. That's why we're doing signals. That's why we have this, oh, okay, you now can use it everywhere. But imagine an application where for every single property you create, it's a behavior subject. Well, you might think, oh, you know, this is crazy. It's an overkill. But aren't you going to have that with signals? Yeah. You will create, uh, and what's the difference? If you, oh, it's more characters to write new behavior subject as compared to signal. Write a helper function, I don't know, uh, BHS or whatever, and call it, it will create a paper subject. Like, uh, you get what yep. I'm getting with yep. this. You already have it. You already kind of have this fine grained reactivity. It's not the exact thing that we're going to get. The exact thing that we're going to get is will be view based change detection. Mm -hmm. So, Every time a view is created for a directive or a nested template, uh, change detection will be on its level. So you know the signal changed and it's bound to this template. Okay, change detect for this template. Right now, we are change detecting from top to bottom, like from the root of the application. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not oh, saying that this is a bad thing for signals. I'm just saying that one of the reasons we could use as developers to justify the usage of signals hasn't landed yet because we can already do that without signals. Like you, as you were saying, we can just use behavior subjects. So one of the strongest selling points, which is going to be uh, this fine grained uh, reactivity, like even finer grained, because uh, you're correct, we can already have a very 
fine-grained uh, change detection by using on push. I would say zoneless change detection. That's better. Yep. For me, it makes perfect sense. Like why we don't have it yet. Signals themselves are a like a small library inside of Angular, right? We have all these functions that are specific to signals. You know you can use signals outside of components, right? You can just create a project, install Angular core, import signals from there and use them, right? So we got all these new stuff which potentially have a bunch of bugs and problems and issues and emergent approaches. So it's already a big thing. We still we now need to first have like six months where people play with it, toy with it, find issues, until we can say, okay, signals themselves as a thing are stable. Now, for another six months, they will go into production, people will find more issues and blah, blah, blah. In that meantime, people will get the fine-grained reactivity and you will say, okay, you now have signal inputs, you have, uh, I don't know, a zone-list apps and signal-based components. Okay, now try this out. We already know signals themselves are okay. Now let's try the change detection change because this upgrade for the change detection, it's a huge thing. It's not something that team will do overnight. Could they withhold it and maybe release everything together in the next release? Sure. But now you got to deal with problems from uh, signals. You got to deal with problems from RxJS interop. And on top of that, you're going to deal with lots of bugs in the change detection mechanism. The last time we had any connection to change detection stuff was with the introduction of Ivy. And you can't imagine how many different short-lived plugins were there that would say, oh, okay, pass this injector, change detector, rest somewhere, somewhere, somewhere for something to work. You will have this scenario when uh, fine-grained fine reactivity lands. It's just too much. Uh, now you can say, okay, signals are production ready. Feel free to rewrite signals in your component and use them with Zone.js because it's perfectly okay. Then, okay, you want to get rid of Zone.js? Now you had like six months, even for migration, it's better. You had six months, seven months to convert everything to signals. If you did that, now, okay, just make your component signal true, signal-based component. And when you are done with that, whenever you are done with that, because signal-based components are going to still interrupt with usual components. When you are done with all that, okay, go on, ditch Zone.js, put uh, ng zone knob, and you're done. You have completely fine-grained reactivity all across your application. So it's easier to do iteratively too. So I guess uh, for me, it makes perfect sense why we get the, the initial document that we received. For me, it was... Oh, this is this is huge! Like signal-based components, signal inputs, signal outputs, and so on and so on. Like uh, function-based lifecycle hooks, uh, after render, after next render. We already have that in Angular v sixteen point three, I guess. We already have that actually. But you know, and then when I learned that we only will get signals, computed signals, and not the all bunch of other stuff, I was initially uh, disappointed, like, oh, I would love to play with signal-based components and so on. But eventually, I, I felt like, yeah, I, I kind of understand. Right now, there's a bunch of issues going on with signals. It's not sustainable to try to deal with all of these issues right now. 
who knows maybe yeah. the team works out something better yeah, i think also process. like if you give a lot of things people will try to mm-hmm. implement everything and they will mess up there and the git repo issue will fail with a lot of issue and then the team is yeah. yeah you can't imagine how many different scenarios people will come up that as a maintainer as an expert as a senior developer you could never have thought of people doing that but now they <laughs> did that and they've discovered some issue who are you to go to tell them, oh, you, you aren't supposed to do that? Well, they do that. <laughs> now there's a whole issue going on with it, especially if it's in a library somewhere. Oh, okay, that's going to screw a lot of more stuff. Because people are using that said library, and now you've got your whole problem. Somebody will all, fix all, that. So. All thing makes yeah. sense. I think the community is taking a nice decision, at least for Angular. Because uh, if you see the popularity of Angular slowly, Yes, rapidly decreasing or slowly it's decreasing now. Now I think somehow, if it helps and company started integrating Angular, it'll better be a good pathway for Angular. Definitely. And as Armin said, this is just the first topic we're bringing up. So we're probably gonna have more episodes to talk about signals and our XGS. But yeah, I think for this one, this is more than enough. For all of you getting started on this subject. So um, let's do some quick promos. So Subret, do you have anything particular you would like to promote? You know, when you are listening, it's already maybe one week back. But go ahead and watch that one, like, uh, it's on stick, uh, which is my channel. And you have like how to use both signal and observable together in application and which scenarios. And I also had a like uh, a previous video where I discussed like, how all the chain detection will work with uh, view kind of rendering with on pose, without on pose, with zone JS and everything. So have a look on those videos. Nice. How about you, Armin? Um, not something particularly specific, but uh, recently I've taken to Twitter and started posting small stuff about NGRX mainly. So if you're interested in NGRX or you're learning it, give me a follow. I usually post stuff that is also in my articles. You can also ping me if you have questions. Uh, NGRX is my favorite part of the Angular ecosystem. So yeah, if you're interested in it, give me a follow. You can also check out my NGRX articles on Dev2. I plan on writing more in the future. Yeah, when great, man. I don't have enough time right now. All right. Um, my uh, my promo is just going to be um, the usual. So I'm going to promote my company, Envoy.com. If you are looking for anyone to help you with, um, with an Angular application code or you want to fully delegate that or you know somebody that is looking for people to help with an Angular-based application or maybe just training and things like that, um, then be sure to contact us on Envoy.com and we'll see what we can do to help you. So I think this is all. All right. Thanks, everyone. And I'll see you in the next one.